Welcome to the Orchard Recording Studio podcast, where being curious about music, sound, and creativity is our full-time job. My name is Dave, and I'll be your host. I remember one of the first times I recorded a rapper. He called me the night before the session to ask if I had autotune. To be honest, at the time, I wasn't sure. I didn't want to tell him that and risk losing the gig. So I quickly thought, I record in Logic, which has a bunch of effects included, so probably. And if it doesn't have it, I can just buy it. And if it's expensive, I'll just download a free trial version to get me through. Oh, and I never actually used Autotune before, so I'll have to learn it. I'll just get in the studio a little early and watch some YouTube videos. And so I told him, yeah, sure, I have Autotune. So today's topic, faking it till you make it. A few stories about being in over our heads, how we got there, and what happened next. For this episode, I had a conversation with Travis Harrison, who runs Serious Business Recording Studio in Brooklyn, which he co-founded with Andy Ross of OK Go. Travis has recorded a lot of great records, including some by Guided by Voices and other Robert Pollard projects. And when I asked him about any times he faked it till he made it, he took me all the way back to the beginning of his recording career. Well, I was a guy in a band like anyone else, but then I kind of started doing it by uh, my friend, uh, Andy Ross. Big, big shout out to Andy Ross who I went to, to college with, we played music together. Uh, he was a computer guy. And he said to me one day, he goes, hey, uh, have you heard of Pro Tools? <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, I think. And he said, well, yeah, I just got it from my computer. Let's, let's, uh, let's record people. What, really? So what was your first session? Some poor soul came in, dad doing kind of surf rock or whatever. We didn't know what we were doing at all. Uh, after the session, which was like three or four hours, he gave us our whatever, 60 bucks or whatever. We, we threw the $20 bills in the air and high-fived in, in, in celebration. And we it was like, oh, 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 my God, what are we doing here? <laughs> so in just four hours, Travis and Andy went from self-proclaimed audio engineers to professionals. Do a lot of engineers get their start that way? My story is pretty similar, actually. In high school, a few friends and I pooled our money bought a cassette 4-track, and started recording our own band in my parents' basement. And then people asked if we could record their band, too. So we did. And when things didn't crash and burn, it was thrilling. We did not know what we were doing, but the adventure eclipsed the anxiety. Something could go wrong at any moment, but that combination of fun and fear, it was exhilarating. Like when you're going up that first big hill of a roller coaster, and you think, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to die at the other end of this thing but I'm only pretty sure. So people kept asking and we just kept saying yes. Then of course it helps that we were young when being cavalier can come a little easier. Here's Travis again. You can't say no to stuff. I mean, that's kind of dumb. You say no to stuff if you like, if you're too big to do it or, or if like you, you literally can't, you don't have the, 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 the time or the, or it's not enough money or what, you know, but like when you're just coming up, it's really hard to just say no to stuff because you don't know how to do something. That I just don't think it's. I feel like you should learn how to do it and say yes and learn how to do it. I was glad to hear that Travis's perspective echoed mine. I think that's good advice for anybody in this business, no matter their experience level. But it takes getting comfortable with the discomfort of not knowing something, which can be kind of hard to grapple with. I'm lucky I got a taste for it early on because I look for it now that exhilaration at the end of the roller coaster. In fact, I had that feeling recently. I was offered a multi-day lockout session for a big company, recording some voiceover. The kind of gig that's pretty hard to pass up. Most of the projects seem pretty easy. 
voiceover talent in the booth, one microphone, a script, but there was one small complexity. A director who was going to be calling in from somewhere else. They'd need to be patched in, able to communicate clearly with me and the talent, and direct the entire multi-day session. This didn't seem like a huge challenge, but I hadn't done it before, and I didn't want that to get in between me and this great gig, so I said yes. And there I was, back on the roller coaster, thinking, I'm pretty sure I can pull this off, but only pretty sure. So as you get more experienced as an engineer, does faking it get more fun or nerve-wracking? Both. It's definitely nerve-wracking, dude. But uh, there is, there's definitely an element of fun to it because you, you conquer something. You know, it's not boring. For instance, recently, I'll, I'll do a, a Guided by Voices example. Uh, Bob had a note on a recent song, We Wanted Strings. And normally, well, first of all, you know, we don't really have access to, you know, a string quartet, you know, with the snap of a finger or budget for that. So, you know, we're just probably going to have to use software, um, which is fine. Um, and I'm not a string arranger. This is not something that I do normally. And Doug, the guitar player in the band, who's kind of the musical genius of the band in a lot of ways, was not readily available at the time. He was touring a lot. And, you know, and this, this, little things for you know bob said this song needs strings like needed to get done so he didn't specifically say hey um i want you to do strings which is like these strings need to get done this needs to happen by a certain time i was like fuck it i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a shot and i'll send it over and what's the worst they can say is yeah no like doesn't really sound right and then you have to be prepared for the yeah no and be okay with that but I did it, and I sent it, and they said, yeah, sounds sweet. All right, cool. Now I arrange strings. So that's fun. Once again, Travis lands on his feet. But he's right. There are some risks. The client may not like what you deliver, if you deliver anything at all, which could really affect your relationship with them. So where do you draw the line? If someone hires you to be responsible for a job and if you cannot be responsible for it, I do not recommend doing it, you know, um, someone said, you want to play some trumpet on my record? And I'd be like, ah, I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. But yeah, you know, within reason, I'm always down to go for it because it, it, it is it is fun. You remember uh, back in when, when I had my, my space in Bushwick and uh, one of my friends who was living up there was an engineer. I, l- I learned a ton off of him. And one day he showed up with a two-inch tape machine. I, I mean, I worked on four tracks before, but I never worked on a two-inch tape machine. What did I do? Well, started booking sessions, charging people money where I'm where I'm on two inch tape. Was I was I an experienced engineer working on tape? No, not really. But if I had gotten all up my own ass and been like, oh my god, I'm not gonna be able to do this. I don't know how to use this thing. I've never used it before. Everyone's gonna know I'm a phony. You know, I wouldn't have ever done it. And now now I use the tape machine all the time. It's like a big part of my my game. So you can be too cavalier, but also not cavalier enough. You can take gigs that you shouldn't, which is irresponsible, but you can also turn down gigs that you shouldn't, which means you won't develop. It takes time to find that sweet spot, and getting good at saying yes more often than no. You're never going to get the chance to do bigger gigs until you've had, you know, thousands of experiences under your belt to be able to keep building up confidence and a skill set, so you can't say no to shit. But what happens next? At a certain point in your career, are you just supposed to know everything and become a master? A couple of kids in a basement are expected to fake it till they make it, but what about adults with 
careers and resumes and higher rates. You know how like when you get better at something over time, you start realizing how much you don't know? You know, when, you, when you're in high school or whatever, you think you know everything, you know, but you really don't know shit. And then as you get better, you, you like realize how much you don't know. And then that keeps opening doors to like know more shit, learn more shit and get better and better and better. I, I really dig that process. So, uh, you know, um, nowadays, um, I feel like I, I study engineering and uh, listen to podcasts and do more reading and try to solve more problems and expand my game more than I ever have. Uh, that's why I said I wish, you know, when we were talking earlier about when I first started and stuff, I wish I had the same level now, uh, the, sa- the same level of, uh, like, just fire, just being like, just fired up to like learn shit that I now, uh, back then that I do now, you know, it really would have come in handy back then, <laughs> you know? I feel the same way. The more I think I know, the more questions I have, and the deeper I'm willing to dig to find those answers and learn something new. Plus, losing that curiosity and wonder about music and audio, that's something I never want to do. And of course, the internet is just a treasure trove of resources. Some will always be better than others, but any obscure challenge, any weird little aspect of audio that I'm going to face, someone's already figured it out, shot a video, and posted it to YouTube or one of the popular forums. I did used to think that Googling stuff after reaching a certain level of experience was just somehow cheating or amateurish. But in the ever-changing world of digital audio, there's just no way to know everything. There's always a new tool coming out or trick to learn. And working in audio can be pretty solitary, so not Googling stuff means risking getting left behind. And that can happen pretty quickly. Plus, again, where's the fun in knowing everything? When I got the bug for recording on that four track in high school, I really got used to the thrill, that roller coaster feeling. So if mastery means no roller coasters, I'm going to stay a student. It seems like everyone I talk to has really good stories about faking it until they made it, whether they're in audio or not. So give us a call and tell us yours. Just leave a voicemail at 646-389-0877. That's it for today's show. A big thank you to Travis Harrison for being our guest and sharing his perspective. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and help others find it by kindly leaving a rating and review. To learn more about the studio and what we do here, please visit orchardrecordingstudio.com. You'll also see a link to the podcast page there. You can email the show at podcast at orchardrecordingstudio.com. Let me know what you think or make suggestions about topics you're curious about. Nothing's too big, too small, too weird, or too ordinary. Please follow the studio on Instagram at Orchard Recording. And that's it. Thanks for listening. Until next time.